Hi, this is your host Corbin, and this is your guide for John McTiernan's Die Hard with a Vengeance. Before we get into the making of the film, allow me to take you back to 1995 to remember the top movies released that year. There were Seven, Toy Story, Clueless, The Usual Suspects, Jumanji, Braveheart, Pocahontas, Batman Forever, Bad Boys, and Goldeneye. From that year, we have reviewed Ghost in the Shell, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, and Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. Links to those reviews are in the show notes below. If you would like to reminisce more about the films of 95, which was also the year that I was born, then head over to letterbox.com and make sure to follow me and Alan over there. Links to our profiles are below. At the 67th Academy Awards, Best Picture went to Forrest Gump. It was just two months shy of five years since audiences saw America's favorite action hero stop terrorists at an airport and save his wife. This time, John McTiernan is back in the director's chair after his illustrious career took a gut punch with Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Last Action Hero. Despite the huge box office for Die Hard 2, audiences still liked the film but weren't crazy about it. The producers still wanted to make a third film, but there had been so many imitators since the original film. I'm looking at you, Speed. They struggled to find an original concept that wouldn't feel like the film was aping itself. According to an article found on Den of Geek, the first screenplay, titled Troubleshooter, would have seen McLean fighting terrorists on a Caribbean cruise ship. That is, until the producers learned about the Steven Seagal movie, Under Siege, would feature a similar plot and was already in production. Troubleshooter did see the light of day, though, in the ill-fated Sandra Bullock sequel, Speed 2, Cruise Control. Finally, they found Jonathan Hensley's script, Simon Says. Hensley had previously wrote for the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles TV show. Hensley originally had Brandon Lee in mind when writing the script, and Warner Brothers picked it up as the possible fourth lethal weapon entry. Warner eventually ditched the idea, instead selling it off to Fox, where it was finally repurposed to be John McClane's next adventure. Lawrence Fishburne was initially in talks to play Zeus, who would ultimately be played by Samuel L. Jackson, but due to contract disputes and eventually a lawsuit, that never happened. It was Willis who suggested Jackson play the part after the two of them were co-stars in Pulp Fiction, which had just been nominated for Best Picture the year before. About a week after the film debuted, the official novelization was released, written by Deborah Cheel, providing better insight into McLean's life since Die Hard 2, The Villains, and Zeus. So as I previously mentioned, it was almost five years since Die Hard 2. This entry came out Friday, May 19th, 1995. It still maintained the R rating, something the series would keep until the fourth entry, which I'll talk about here in a few weeks. It's the second longest of this trilogy so far. As for scores go, it's pretty darn good. A 3.6 on Letterboxd, the second highest in the series. 7.6 on IMDb, second highest in the series. This is where things get weird. A 58 Metascore, which just barely cuts off, uh, just barely meets the cutoff for generally positive. So it did receive generally mixed reviews at a 58 a comparable Rotten Tomatoes critics score of 59%. So technically a majority of critics did like this film, but it's a 10% drop than last time and a steep drop from the 94% of the original. But audiences on Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 83% approval rating, 13% higher than the last time. Interestingly enough, audiences straight out of the theater gave it an A-. That is one 
step below Die Hard 2. Believe it or not, audiences thought, eh, it's not quite up to Die Hard 2 and not up to Die Hard 1's standard. So it did release number one at the box office opening weekend with $22.1 million, a series high, higher than last time, not by much at all. Um, it did receive an even higher budget, $90 million, a huge leap above the original's $28 million and $20 million higher than last time. So what did Die Hard go up against opening weekend? Well, it barely had any competition. Because of that May release, it did beat the summer months, which actually is something I should note really quick, broke with tradition. Uh, the first two films were released in July. This one came out at the end of May, so not too far off from that summer release date, but nevertheless, it came out before and it seemed to pay off. So it went up against Forget Paris, which was a Deborah Winger, Billy Crystal film. I've never even heard of it. That opened at number three at the box office. Number two at the box office was Crimson Tide, a Gene Hackman, Denzel Washington submarine thriller, which itself seems like John McTiernan just kind of spawned imitation films, um, not not from himself. Die Hard spawned many imitators. Then he did The Hunt for Red October. Crimson Tide is another submarine film. Die Hard unseated it from number one. While You Were Sleeping came in at number four and French Kiss came in at number five. That was the only weekend Die Hard would be number one at the box office. It was dethroned by, believe it or not, Casper. No clue in the world why Universal Pictures would release Caps Casper at the end of May over Memorial Day weekend. Seems like more of an October film to draw on the family crowd. But nevertheless, it barely beat Die Hard. Casper came in at number one. This is the really shocking thing, listeners. Braveheart opened at number three, which would go on to become Best Picture of the Year. Um, Die Hard did beat it out, at least uh, at the box office that weekend. And another Keanu Reeves movie, Johnny Mnemonic, came in at number six, opening its opening weekend as well. From there, Die Hard with a Vengeance would just step stone down the box office um, just until it finally left theaters. Um, it, interestingly enough, sandwiched in between Casper and Die Hard with a Vengeance, its third week at the box office, The Bridges of Madison County, that Clint Eastwood Meryl Streep film, kind of sandwiched its way in there to number two, its opening weekend. Overall, it did very well at the box office. Surprisingly, not as good as the second film. It grossed $100 million domestically, $17 million less than last time, but better than the first film. Now, this is where the box office numbers go wild 266 million dollars over a quarter of a billion dollars which is way over 100 million from last time and it's like 200 plus million dollars foreign gross than the first film for a worldwide total of 366 million dollars the highest grossing of the franchise which is incredibly impressive. So up to that point the franchise domestically had grossed over 300 million dollars in the foreign markets $446 million for a worldwide total across the trilogy for $747.7 million, getting dangerously close to becoming a billion-dollar franchise. Just after three entries and for that third entry being five years, half a decade apart from the first two films. This is very impressive numbers, which... Makes it even more shocking, which is something we will talk about at the end of Monday's review. It took them over a decade to get to Die Hard 4. With these numbers, very strange, very shocking. 
Well, thank you listeners for coming along with me as I have been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to Die Hard with a Vengeance, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for my full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after as we live free or die hard. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.